Pitt fires Lance White. Meanwhile, Jordan Addison speaks out on why he finally transferred from Pitt. It's all coming up today on this episode of Locked on Pitt. You are Locked on Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back here to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Always, I am Nick Fairball, your host. I'm with Carl again. Second straight day, Carl. You know, we had the combine preview, obviously. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the, some of the combine stuff as well that happened yesterday because, boy, uh, Pitt was in the news. Um, yes, they were. And so we'll talk about that. But Pitt also making news this morning um, by firing Lance White, Pitt women's basketball coach. Um our own uh, working at Pittsburgh Sports and our own Alan Saunders um, broke that story. Pitt confirmed it about 20 minutes later. Lance White is out after five years at the Peterson Event Center. 42 and 99 in his five years. It's the worst five year stretch in the women's basketball history. And again, that's not like it's not a prolific program history, but they haven't made the tournament since 2015. Carl, it felt like, you know. It was just time for a change. Yeah, it was a matter of time. I mean, you go 42 wins in five years is not where you need to be. I know, I know it's a tough job. You don't you don't bring in the top recruits to play at Pitt, but you have to do better than that. And when you have a, a five-year high of three conference wins, you have to do better than that. And it's it's Heather like saying, you know, five years, we gave you five years. You had five years to turn it around here. You brought in some good players. It just didn't work out for everyone involved, and it's time to move on. And that's what Pitt needed in the end here. Yeah, I mean, they needed it in the end. And, you know, Lance White, I've had many opportunities to interview him. I've had him on the show. In fact, I've talked with Lance many times over those five years. One of the nicest guys um, you'll ever meet, just not even in sports, just in life, uh, just a kind soul. And the hire at first was really good, coming from a really good program like Florida State. You felt like that could work. Um, that was something that Heather Light kind of honed in on. She wanted those top assistants um, in Basketball specifically, Jeff Cable was the same way. Obviously, the Cable hire didn't work out at first, but now Pitt men's basketball is kind of where they want to be. But the women's basketball team, whenever you watch them, Carl, just out of focus, turn the ball over, and there's a lot of players that come in the program that haven't improved. And he's been given enough time to get his own players here, and they 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 part ways with him on the heels of him having his highest rate of recruiting class, but he's had highest, high, he's had high rate of recruiting classes before. Right. And it's not like this team is devoid of talent, but it is devoid of development. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and you hope that the, the, the girls he brought in um, will stay around. They hope they can build a nice core with those young mm-hmm. women and try to build the culture here. But obviously great guy, um, great hire at the time. It just, it, he, in the end, he wasn't a great coach at Pitt. Um, that might change elsewhere, but it just it was time for a much needed change, a reset, and uh, pay on the hunt for new uh, women's basketball coach now. Yeah, and you know this as well as I do in in basketball, football, and some sports. Some people are really good assistants. Lance was a great assistant. He, he brought in many top recruits at Florida State. He really helped build that program up. He still recruited very well here at Pitt, um, but the, sometimes those guys aren't ready to take the next step to the head coaching position. You know, he had never had a head coaching job before. So he was – he unlike Jeff Capel, who had been head coach at BCU in Oklahoma, 
before coming to Pitt, White was just a, a top assistant at Florida State. So when we're talking now about the next hire, um, I don't think this is – there's not much to talk about in terms of Lance White. Everyone kind of knew the move was coming, and it's the right move as much as I love Lance, right? But now that you look at what they need, my guess is instead of going the assistant route, I think that they're going to go for a mid-major head coach here. You know, they already kind of tried the assistant um, route. They've done the head coaching route, too. The last time they hired a head coach outside of Lance White was obviously Susan McConaughey, who came from Duquesne, um, and she coached a Catholic before that. She, she was a Pittsburgh um, connection. I don't really know who specifically they're going to hire, but I feel like it has to be a, a head coach at this point that has had um, – that kind of has ties to the ACC or the Big East area, recruiting area that they like to, to recruit in, and someone that's just run a program before. Exactly. And you want someone who has that experience of being a leader, someone who has been there, done that. They can, Ideally, you want someone who can build a program back up because obviously it's going to be a couple of years before picking his stride here now. So you bring in someone who is willing to spend a year or two to, to reset the culture, to bring in the players that he or she would like to have with them, um, build what they have with right now, and hopefully turn it around. I mean, it's not going to be an easy task, um, but the right person will want this job, especially someone who, like you said, might may have ties to the area or the conference or just looking for a, a, a bigger jump in their development as a head coach. Yeah, I, I think someone from like the A-10. Um, I've seen a Terry Weiss from Rhode Island thrown all around a little bit. Allen, uh, I was talking about Allen. I mean, Dan Burke from Duquesne. I mean, they did it before. He was Susie's assistant at some point, but he's done a nice job with the Dukes program. Could that be kind of a, a hire that they go for? They need someone that's – They what they need is that you try to win with recruits right now. So unless you hit the jackpot, you need to win with less. And that's kind of what I often say with a lot of these pit programs. Like, that's why football is so good right now. It's not that they don't recruit talented players, but they develop the guys that very, they get very extremely well. Exactly. Yeah. Basketball, well, Jack Capel recruits really good guys, but development's never been the question with him, right? They've developed a lot of good players on Jeff Capel's tenure. They just never developed players under Lance White. And so to me, they need to get players that, you know, are in that second tier kind of and develop those players into really quality high-level ACC players. And, and it's going to take just rounding up the Whippeal. Whippeal is a pretty good women's recruiting ground. It's not quite as fertile as the triangle or anything like that, where you have some elite teams like NC State right now or UNC or, or like that. But it can't be this bad. They're right, better exactly. And then looking at Pitt men's basketball, it's not the most talented team on paper. I mean, there are some talented players, but it's guys who have bought into the system. They bought into Jeff Capel, and they bought into playing Pitt basketball. And obviously, this season it's worked out. So it's kind of kind of follow that same blue blueprint. Find a person who can build the culture back up, and and bring in their players that who will buy into them, but also into the system as well. Yeah, I agree. I think that's largely what they need to do in terms of this Pitt women's basketball program. Lance White out as head coach here on this Friday. Um, but I want to switch topics now. Um, you and I are at the Combine, obviously, but we're going to talk 
first, I want to talk about Jordan Addison. We, you and I were at the full press conference today. Um, usually we split up because we want to cover guys between Pitt, West Virginia, Penn State, Steelers with all of the network and everything. But Jordan Addison pertained to both, and Pitt has two connections to that. Well, here's what I would say. If you're hoping for a Kenny Pickett, Jordan Addison reunion, you should be very happy. Today was definitely the best day in terms of the, the, the Pickett to Addison connection again. I mean, he was raving about Kenny Pickett today. Oh, he loved Kenny Pickett. Jordan Addison saying, come get me to the Steelers because that's where Kenny Pickett is and wanting to play with his former quarterback. I mean, I think we knew these guys were great friends. It's pretty clear that they're very close to one another. Um, Jordan Addison says they still talk basically every day. Um, and it feels like... March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. To me, the Steelers might not be as interested. That's based on what Omar Khan said, but clearly Pickett's going to push for it. Addison can't do that much, but he did just about as much as he could in letting them know that he really wants to be black and gold. Right, and, and Steelers don't always show their hand uh, in terms of looking at guys they're interested in. I mean, they did a great smokescreen last year with Pickett himself. Uh, Omar Khan not being that high on, on Addison may not it may or may not be a story here, but obviously Kenny Pickett wants it. Jordan Addison wants it, and there are fans out there who will, who will, who will like it and who will not like it. At the end of the day, it's about finding a, a matchup that can help Pickett grow as that franchise quarterback, and I don't think it would hurt one bit to have his favorite target back around in the offense again. No, I don't think it would. Um, there might be better picks for them, but there's clear Addison and Pickett are, ha, just have a natural connection with each other. Um, anyone that watched 2021 knew how special that connection was how no one all year stopped that connection from even happening. Um, and so it kind of falls into the next thing where, you know, we finally got some some reasoning behind from Jordan Addison himself. You know? A little bit. Yeah. Um, a little bit. A little bit. Um, more clarity on kind of why he, he left Pitt uh, in the first place. Um, he says it wasn't for the exposure. Um, he does regret it. And, you know, he didn't specifically say why, but I think we all knew it was largely because of the NIL, largely what it still is. Um, I thought that's kind of what he implied, to be quite honest with you. Um, but he still likes Pitt. Um, he hailed a Pitt. He dropped a hail to Pitt. Um, yeah. He dropped a hail to Pitt in this press conference. Um, says he still talks to multiple a lot of players. His, yeah. A lot of his not players. just Kenny Pickett either. Multiple players yeah. almost every day. Yeah. A lot of players almost every day. Loves the city of Pittsburgh. I don't know. Um, it's tough if you're a Pitt fan. How do you feel about Jordan Addison um, coming out of this press conference? I mean, it's difficult to really gauge an entire fan base. I mean, I think people have their own opinions, obviously. Um, I don't think what Jordan, Jordan Addison, obviously, he, he ruffled some feathers with his exit. It wasn't the most uh, graceful exit, but 
I don't think no pit player faults him for it. No, no one can, should fault him for looking for a chance to make money on himself um, for a one-year period. I mean, he knew all knew he was going to NFL this year, whether that was after a season of pit or elsewhere. So we all knew he went. He was trying to make some money, and when you had the opportunity, it'd be foolish to turn that down. It's, Fault him for whatever you want, but I don't think you should be mad at him for anything he's done. You can be indifferent. You can be you can you can have moved on and have no opinion on it. But I think being mad at him now is is uh, really not in anyone's best interest here. Listen, when when it happened, I was I never really was mad at Jordan Addison, right? I was what I was more mad about was the the shady kind of tamper. The tamper, yeah, right? and that's that that. Mad about that? Absolutely. That is a a serious but, gripe. Yeah, it's a serious gripe, but it's also not Jordan Addison's fault. Like if if a USC booster comes and offers him a boatload of cash, which seemingly is what happened here, you'd be a fool to say no. Yeah, like right. Like if, if you're you're a college kid right now, one injury could mess everything up. His and really, if I'm Jordan Addison, why would I have any regrets? I still got paid. My draft stock really didn't hurt that much. Yes, I didn't have the stats I did last year, and I didn't win the Bolitnikov, but he's still going to be a first-round draft he's pick. He's on pace for what he was going to do at Pitt. Yeah. Yeah, you know, last year he maybe was a top-ten projected pick. I don't think he was ever going in the top ten. I think that was very ambitious, even with that. Um, I don't think 600 more yards in the Frank Signetti offense makes that much of a difference stock-wise. Especially in last year's offense, yes. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't think it changes all that much about Jordan Addison's draft stock. Um, I don't think he should have any regrets about it from a personal point of view. And I've always been a guy that never really blamed Jordan Addison for it. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think, I think he did best. I think he did what he thought was best for himself and his family. And I'm not sure if all the promises that USC were ever met or whatever happened with all that, but he did what he thought was best for himself. He went to USC. He played well, didn't play as well as he did at Pitt. But you know, one thing he did mention um, that he learned at USC was was being in front of cameras. And today he was smiling. He was joking. He looked very relaxed and comfortable on stage, more so than ever at Pitt, really. Yeah, he was always very shy, reserved, He was back. very outspoken, very, uh-huh. very engaging today, which yeah. is – Maybe he did learn how to be in front of cameras at USC. Well, we had always heard in the pit locker room that he was a little bit more outgoing. He was a little bit more um, outspoken. Kenny Pickett has, has long said that Addison was one of the most outspoken uh, leaders he's seen. We'd never seen that in public. Well, today I think we kind of saw yeah, maybe definitely. maybe what the true Jordan Addison is like. And uh, I think it's a charming guy. And listen, I don't know if that Pittsburgh reunion is going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. To after today, especially, I know it was down a bit after Omar spoke on what was it, Tuesday. Yep. After today, I've never been higher. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see kind of what happens there. But speaking of the NFL Combine, we can't forget what happened yesterday at Lucas Oil Stadium. Carl, you and I were sitting in the stands um, as Kalijah Kansi broke the all-time – well, not the all-time, the, the century mark uh, for the 40-yard dash for interior D lineman. Held by Aaron Donald, by the way. Um, no small feet there. Yeah, no small no feet. No small feet there. But Kalaja Kansi ran a 4-6-7 at the combine with an absurd split of like 1-6-1, I think is what it was. Um, Aaron Donald was a 4-6-8, by right. the way. So right. the top two times of the century are held by Pitt D. Lyman. Um, Kansi also 
just tested absurdly well and measured in pretty well too aside from his arm length he's a weird player to kind of project he's doesn't have that length he's not as undersized as you thought he was but still when only having 29 and five eighths inch arms it's a question of what's going on uh, i think actually it's 30 and five i think i think yeah. he was yeah i think yeah, he had 30. a 30 mark right yeah, 30 and 5 eighths inch, which is still very, I think it's fifth percentile for the. It's not line. great, but we didn't expect it to be yeah. great. But yeah, we didn't expect it to be great, but it is like top five lowest of the 2000s. Um, it's crazy. But I know what that man can do on tape. I know how good he is, how good the tape is, the type of stuff he can make, and the athleticism that he showcased was just the, the kind of show on top. I, I thought that. Um, it was really impressive to watch Clash Kansi put on weight, the show he did. Absolutely. I mean, he runs the, he runs the first one at 478. He's like, okay, that's fast. He's 281 pounds. That's fast. Runs the second one, 473. Wow. And then the official time comes in at 467. And it's like, is this, is this the actual time he ran a 467 at 281 pounds? The fastest by a D tackle in combine last 20 years. Like, and he's, he is a very, very impressive guy. And to measure in at 6'1", 282, uh, it's, that was a dream come true scenario for him. I mean, he's still not the biggest uh, D-tackle out there, but that's a great size for him. Um, he is he's a, he's not a slight guy by any means. He's a big, burly man, but he's, he's, he's going to have those undersized comments around him, and the arms do hurt. But for him to be that quick, that explosive, he didn't do any field drill yesterday. He's saving it for Pitts Pro Day next month. But he also didn't jump. Um, right, right. So he'll we'll see how explosive he is in the in the vertical and then the broad jump. But to run a four six seven, yeah, crazy. That is a monumental number, especially at his current size. Which I mean, uh, he made himself some money yesterday. He made he made himself into I'd say an almost surefire first round pick. Yeah, I think he's going to be first round pick. He's Mel Kiper's second defensive tackle over Brian Brzee. Um, Siaki Ika, Gervon Dexter, any of those guys. The only one above him is, is of course, Jalen Carter. So, can't see, man. I mean, there has been talk of this guy going top 15. So, we'll see how high Kalaja Kansi ends up going. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, the Aaron Donald connection only strengthened now, of course, by breaking his own record. Um, but let's not forget Haba Baldonado. Um, and Haba came into yesterday. Whatever you thought, six foot four, two fifty one officially, good weight, good size. Expected that thirty three inch arms. Uh, I thought I thought he was a little very, longer very than I thought he would size, be. Yeah. yeah, he's a little longer than I thought he would be. Um, but I, here's here's where I thought was really impressive. Four seven eight forty, that's good. I don't really care about the forty as much though. But the one six seven is really good on the ten yard split. He jumped thirty five inches. He had a ten inch broad, um, ten foot broad rather, um, which is really good. Seven one one three cone four 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 shuttle twenty one on the bench. That's a really nice, well rounded athletic profile yes, for Hobbs. Yes, it is. I mean, we all anyone who watches Hobbs is explosive, and yesterday he proved it in every way. I mean, he's explosive off off the off the jump. He's explosive in the air. He's he's quick off the line. I mean, he anything you want in that edge rusher who can get after the quarterback and rip through guys or or, or spin around guys. Like he has those. The, the, Skill set, those that tool set, is perfect for the modern edge rusher here, and he did it at six, at six four two fifty one, mm-hmm. which is a great size for him. I think I think he was a very, a very underrated day for Haba. He didn't get a lot of hype. 
Kalaja stole it, mm-hmm. understandably, but Hava had a very good day, I thought. Yeah, I thought Hava had a really under-the-radar good day. And I think this, this process is kind of Hava reminding everyone. Remember, we talked about this uh, in the preview. Hava was projected to be a potential first-round pick coming into this year. His injuries have kind of built up He he in all of that. But he did come in relaxed in the press conference, and I think it's showcased now with how well he tested how he was great at the Shrine game. I mean, he's building quite a nice resume here. I don't know where he's going to go, but third, fourth round seems about I, right to I me. Think, I think he could be a day two pick. I don't know about second round, yeah. but third round? I mean, third I round pick. he go around the same areas that Patrick Jones and Rashad Weaver went? That's kind of what I'd think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think he – I think rough season, uh, never once complained, never once mailed it in, where it's like, okay, I'm going to mail it in and I'm going to wait for the offseason. Finish the season, comes out to the Shrine Bowl, crushes it. Uh, comes up to combine and crushing it. I think everything he could do right in this process, he has done right. He said the right things. He's done the right things. He's explosive. Um, he's a big guy. He's 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 jacked. He's a muscular man, and I think I think he made, I think he's made the case for himself in a great way. I think he'll be a mid round draft pick. I think yeah. he secured it. I think so too. Now on the flip side, I think it was disappointing for Servasi yeah, to not be able to, to do anything. Didn't do field, didn't test, just got measured. That was it. Now he did measure in at six one, which was really good. I didn't expect him to actually measure in that well. But he's six one, I think two twenty six. A little light, really light, but so he's gonna need to run well whenever he does run. But apparently he's still dealing with that foot injury he suffered at the senior bowl. And I'm not sure if we'll see him on the, the pro day or not. I imagine we'll see him on the pro day. It's still about a month away here, but Disappointing, sure, but he he got to meet with teams, um, formal and informal. He didn't want to say who he met with, but respect for that. Um, and I think we'll see him. I think we'll see him test fairly well. He's an athletic guy. I don't think he's a crazy athlete by any means, but he should be. He should run well. He should be relatively explosive. And, yeah, and he's what down five percent body fat. Yeah, he's seven percent um, body fat. He's, but if you come here at two twenty six, I'm interested to see what he comes in. At, at pro day, I wonder if he comes in more around two thirty ish, and what he's going to have to do then at six one two thirty. That's still light, but not crazy light. Right. Um, and what he needs to do then, to me, is run four six ish. Four six would be a great time for him. Yeah, I think four six would be good. Mid thirty round. He can't go over. Yeah. He can't go over four seven. That's what I would. Say. And I think he's faster than that. He's not a great athlete, but I think Voss isn't. Is an average to slightly above average athlete. Yeah, but he's, he's really he's, good. He's, he's athletic in, in in ways that benefit him on the field. Yeah, and I, I think we know that by just kind of the, the type of, of player that Voss has proven himself to be over his career at Pitt. An instinctual player that uses really good instincts to, right. with great, average great athleticism. IQ, right? He, yeah. he can he can read the he can read the game well and, and react to it well enough to be a plus tackler. Absolutely, and that, and that's my feel of Voss every time you come see him. I don't think he really affected his stock. It's just a bummer, and you hope the foot injury right. uh, gets better. So I certainly hope that. But, uh, Carl, tell them where they can read your stuff, follow you, all that great stuff. Yeah, so PittsburghSportsNow.com. Uh, follow us for all your local pit, um, anything, pit football, basketball, men's, women's, uh, volleyball, anything you want to read about pit, it's on there. And then on Twitter, at uh, LudwigCarl8. See you guys there. Folks, as always, thank you for listening. As we end it here, as always, hail to Pitt.